professional amateurs. I'm so glad you asked. And I'll even tell him where, he where I live, like you can come and have dinner with me or something. Off the rails. Hoping to make you look stupid. I want to be unbiased, but I'm not. Shane Wright, Shane Wright. Like how stupid can you be? Sorry, Rude. All right, uncut in three, two, one, go. Hello everyone, this is episode 22 of Professional Amateurs. We are continuing our dog days theme of the off season. We are August 17th by the time you're listening to this. Uh, no Jack today, just Ryan and I. Jack had a work emergency. Uh, he wasn't able to make it, came up at the last minute. So uh, we're going to miss him, probably not, but that's all right. Um, so we've just got the, we've just got the duo for this uh, August 16th slash 17th um, edition of Pro-Am. Uh, Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. This could go many different ways. But... It could go a few ways, but you know what? Um, it doesn't really matter which way it goes because uh, we're on YouTube now. And so yeah. um, no matter what we talk about, you'll be able to see our beautiful faces when, uh, when listening slash watching. So um, you went on a bit of a uh, productivity parade over the weekend. Uh, yeah. I worked on some podcast stuff and I was getting really into the socials and tracking that stuff. So made a team calendar so we can figure out when we're all going to be available to shoot some pods in the, in the, in the fall once yeah. we're all in school, going full fledged back in school. So also should note that this is a new dynamic. We have not done just the two of us before. That's true. Jack's been on every episode I've missed. I think, have I missed two or one? I definitely missed one. I can't remember if I missed the second one. I think I missed two. I, me and Jack have only done one together, so. Okay, so I only missed one. Yeah. Um, you weren't on the first couple, and then you had another few that you missed. So it's yeah. been, the most common duo has been Jack and I, and then it was you and Jack, and now it's you and I. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll be okay. But obviously. Um, okay, so let's get into uh, an electric week of hockey talk behind us since we last convened on the 9th. Um, some big news out of Vegas. Um, Robin Leonard decided to get his hip surgery. Well, I don't know if it was a decision or like how that worked because I'm pretty sure it's been a known thing that he would need this surgery since like the end yeah. of the regular season. Like, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't he even trying to get something related to this last season or last off season? I'm pretty I sure. Mean, I'm pretty sure Vegas, I don't know about last off season, but I know when they were just in the playoff push. Mm -hmm. um and then obviously they ended up missing they asked Leonard to like push through it and continue yeah. playing because they needed him in net because obviously he's their best goaltending option and I'm pretty sure that rubbed him the wrong way um so I kind of had this theory that I think I threw at you guys and I, loved it. I think maybe he might have waited to get the surgery to be like a, hey I don't want to rehab over my summer I'm going to mm -hmm. rehab during the season when I'm getting paid five million bucks to do so yeah, um, but I don't know how the logistics work with making that decision for when he gets the surgery or if he gets the surgery. Um, who who knows with medicals in the NHL after the whole Eichel thing? Like I don't I don't know how it works, but I, I like to think that that's what happened because I'm very yeah. pro Leonard in this situation. Oh yeah, it's hard not to be pro player when it comes yeah. to the Golden Knights, especially but, Leonard too, who's been so outspoken about his health and issues like this. Yeah, right. So he might be making a point but that also might just be us getting a little creative 
and it just sucks for him too right yeah. like he he's been through it he's been through so much in his career and he's finally settled down in vegas and all it's been since he got to vegas has been like shit talking in the media about like the a, a, a feud a fake feud between him and flurry and then flurry um eventually being traded for nothing just to keep flurry and then or no just to keep um lenner flurry being not happy about that and now it became lenner's net and then he couldn't stay healthy last year didn't have a typical robin robin lenner type season and now he's going to be out for the 2022 2023 season yeah, and it's hip stuff too, right? So yeah, it's going to be brutal to come back from, like most players have a tough time, but a goalie coming back from major hip surgery too, he might never be the same. Is that not what Carey Price's significant injuries has been in his career? I'm trying to think. There's a goalie who's had like significant hip injuries in his career. I just know like it's almost devastating to players that have it too, and, and goalies would use that motion a lot more, I think. Yeah. Well, like or, your hip, yeah. Hips for a goalie. Think about how much they're like kind of on their knees, yeah, and using their hips to like shift and everything, like push side mm-hmm. to side in the net. I'm making all these motions because now people are gonna be able to see us, so it's actually yeah. like it adds to it. Yeah. But, like just thinking about how much you need to use your hips, even just as a, like mm-hmm. as a skater, like just playing hockey, like you use like hips are so important in hockey. Yeah, we've seen how it's devastated Jamie Bet. Like yeah, like, just like. It, it really just takes away that motion from what I've read anyways um, and just makes things a lot more difficult. I want to see if – oh, it was a meniscus for Carey Price. I want to see if he has a history with hip injuries. I don't think he – oh. Yeah, I'm looking at July of last summer, so 2021, July 18th, 2021. He uh, – there was a report that – Price could need surgery to his hips. So um, I don't know if he ever got that surgery, but obviously he missed a lot of last, all of last, or yeah, a lot of last season. Um, A lot of that was also due to mental health, but I did think that I had uh, remembered something to do with a hip injury in Carey Price. Um, And he's still not back. Obviously there's extenuating circumstances for him. Um, and there's a chance Leonard falls into that same category with his mental health past. So mm-hmm. um, we wish all the best for him. But uh, unless you have anything more on Leonard, maybe you can transition over to the Vegas point of view for this. Yeah. Because this is a team that already missed the playoffs last year, riddled with injuries. Um, like they traded for Eichel and then he didn't debut for them after about two months. I think Petrangelo missed a lot of the year. Mark mm-hmm. Stone missed a lot of the year. Leonard was in and out of the lineup. Like, this is a team that got crushed by injuries. Alec Martinez was out all the year. And they go, they trade Pacioretty for nothing because of cap constraints. And now Robin Leonard is out for the season. And their, their number one option now is Logan Thompson. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not looking good in Vegas land in terms of this upcoming season for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, we're going to be doing season previews soon, so I don't want to spill too much about what I think. But spoiler alert, this is going to bring my Vegas rank down. Um, Losing your star goalie to a season-long injury when you don't really have a safety net. Mm -hmm. Your safety net's a 25-year-old who doesn't have a ton of NHL experience. I don't even think – I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to – I'm inherently biased to – 
Logan Thompson because Brock, right? he's a former Brock Badger. But gotcha. it, uh, I and I do think he has decent potential, but relying on him to be a number one and potentially somebody else that they bring in who we can talk about here in a minute. Um, I think just the whole situation is tough. Like you lose Patrick like you said, for nothing. Now Robin Leonard's out. And that whole team is just looking shaky. Like, is Mark Stone ever going to be the same again? I don't think so. Um, I think Eichel's going to have a pretty good bounce back year, in my opinion. But, like, that team, there's just so many questions. There's way more questions than there is answers. And there's no depth anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. So, Logan Thompson, he's 25. Um, If he were to have been drafted, it would have been in the 2015 draft. Mm -hmm. He was undrafted. Um, bounced around a bunch of different leagues. Uh, so he went, so he played in the WHL for four years and then went to Brock for a season, lit it up at Brock. Um, and then he was in the ECHL, AHL, ECHL, played a game in the NHL a couple years ago. And then he was in the AHL the past two years and then played 19 games for Vegas this past year and actually put up some de- decent numbers a nine point nine fourteen save percentage. Um, he went 10 and five, 10, five and yeah. three. Um, it, it- yeah, it was it's just kind of cool to like we don't have to talk too much Logan Thompson here, but um it was just really cool to kind of watch his progression over the last couple of years because he was the starting goalie in my first year at Brock. So yeah, just, that would be it, very cool. It was a cool first exposure and then just being able to kind of see him make it to the NHL by the time I was in my last year, it was pretty cool. And he played well too, like he yeah. played well for Vegas. It's just not an ideal starting goalie situation for a team. For sure. Trying, still going full fledged, trying to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. They came into the league, and so um, obviously the talk of hockey Twitter lately has been who's going to be the starting goaltender for the Vegas Gold. Excuse me, for the Vegas Golden Knights next year. And there's some trade options. Um, I remember when the news first came down that Leonard was going to be out for the year. I suggested Braden Holpe. Um, I've since been told he's out. He's pretty much LTI retired, although yeah. now he's a free agent, so he's not really LTI anymore. Um, so he's probably not an option. Um, but I've got some names. I'm sure you probably have a few of these names. I'm looking at a, an article that went through um, some goaltending options. So uh, the first option, this is, a, this is a guy that I wanted the Leafs to go after at the deadline last year when they were going through their Jack Campbell, Peter Mrazek situation. Um, yeah. James Reimer. He's got one year left at two million for San Jose, two point two five, and they've kind of got a bit of a, um, they're they're a little bit crammed in the crease. They've got Capo Kakinen and Aiden Hill there, both guys they've acquired recently, um, and so James Reimer, like, still a really solid goalie. He's in his mid thirties. Um, he can definitely handle the starters' load, um, so he's an option for Vegas. There's uh, Jake Allen, obviously, but who, I, it seems as though Montreal has been very hesitant to get rid of him just because of the uncertainty surrounding Carey Price. Um, and so another one, uh, the Islanders have their tandem in Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin. But as we taught, discussed last week, um, the Islanders have a bit of a cap crunch, especially given the rumored signing of Nazem Kadri that's yet to be reported. Um, so get uh trading Varlamov who is a positive value asset for sure trading him getting some assets and shedding five million cap space could be a good option for them 
and he slots right in at Leonard's five because Leonard makes five. So that LTI, LTIR space works perfect. And then Varlamov just has the year left. So he would be kind of out the door as Leonard comes back from his injury. Yeah. But the big name that I kind of wanted to discuss is John Gibson. Ooh. Now he's been in the rumor mill forever. And I remember very shortly after Leonard's, the, the Leonard news came out, Jay Fresh had a great tweet. He said, so should we just pencil John Gibson into the number one spot for Vegas's crease next year already or what? And I I hadn't thought about this direction, but I love that you're going here because you it, makes so, it makes so much sense. It does. And it's such a Vegas thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say it makes sense. Like you just know that Vegas being Vegas, they are going to go out and get another goalie. They're not going to run with Logan Thompson. There's just the the historical data has showed us that they are just not going to be content with this situation. Um, and then the next biggest thing to do would be go out and get the biggest guy on the market. And right now that would be John Gibson because there has been, there has been lots of trade rumors and I know lots of people were linking him to the Leafs and then he was like, nah, I'm not going to Leafs. Yeah. Maybe he'd be willing to go to Vegas. I can picture it perfectly. I mean, He's got five years left on his contract. So that kind of clashes with the Leonard because Leonard has three years left. He'll have two years left once he returns from injury. But as of now, Leonard has three. Um, Gibson has five. And Gibson does make a little bit more than Leonard. I don't know that Anaheim would be willing to retain. You'd probably only need to get them to retain like 1.4. That's probably what Vegas would want just to have him come in at the same cap hit as Leonard. Yeah. But Anaheim's starting to be on the come up. Like they've, they've collected their core of prospects at least what they think is their core of prospects they probably don't want to have retained money on their books for five years mm. so and i don't i don't know how goal, like how vegas's asset situation is i don't know how what gibson's trade value is like he's a huge name but he's a, he's kind of underperformed the last few years and again anaheim's been brutal so that could change but imagine a scenario where vegas acquires john gibson and they have a core of Jack Eichel, Alex Petrangelo, Mark Stone, John Gibson. All four of those players play for different teams in my mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Isn't, like, is that not hilarious? Yeah. They, like, in, terms of, in terms of assets, they actually have kept their draft capital pretty decently. They're only missing a second-round pick next year. To um, Buffalo for the Eichel trade, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And they, and they have Buffalo's third. Did they get, did they get a third back in that trade? Uh, might maybe to offset some of the value they were getting by giving up a second. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, or um, conditional. Yeah, their draft capital is kind of loaded, okay. so they can do something there in terms of salary. I wonder uh, what they have for prospects and salary. Can you ma- yeah, I don't know. That's well. Right now, they're cap friendly, showing them five point seven over the cap. I think that's before Leonard goes on LTIR. I think so. So they're still over. Like it oh. doesn't help them much. Oh yeah, they're 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 way over. But my my question is more like they'll be able to bring a goalie in. That'll be no problem because Leonard's going to be on LTIR. My question is what do you do if you bring in a guy like Gibson with 5 years left? What do you do once Leonard comes back? But like as of right now, even if Leonard doesn't come back, they still need to shed salary. That yeah, that too. That's crazy to me. I, I if if I 
What would you like, do? More, more salary has to go out if they're bringing in another goalie. Um, does because that right, depend on the goalie? Right now, they're like 5.7, 5.8 over. Leonard going on LTIR allows them to go over by five during the season. Do they have anyone else on LTIR? I don't think so. Let me think this through for a second. I think... Oh, they traded for Weber. They got Weber. That's oh. where it is. Okay, I was, I was kind of confused. Because I was thinking, like, they're cap compliant right now, and then adding Leonard to LTIR gives them another five in space. I totally forgot they did okay. that. So they can go $12 million over now. Yeah, and I think it's even more than that because now Nolan Patrick's out for the year. True. Yeah, he's yeah. going on LTIR too. So I'm pretty sure it's like $14 million that they can go over if they want to. What does what does he make? He makes wow. 1.2. I can't believe I forgot both of those. He, he makes 1.2. So Shea Weber makes 7.8.5. Uh, Leonard makes 5, so that's 12.8.5 plus – Patrick's 1.2 is about 14, just over 14 million. Okay. I I was reading this all very so, wrong. So I was a bit confused there because because yeah. I knew I knew Vegas was cap compliant, but I was starting to second guess myself because of what you were saying. But yeah. since you forgot Leonard, that explains the the situation. Currently, right now, too, they're showing uh Nicholas Hag in injured reserve. I don't know if what his situation is and if he's supposed to be ready for the season, but he's RFA too. Yeah. I feel bad though for like, no, I don't feel bad for Vegas, but like just looking at their team, like they could have a good team next year. Yeah. If, if they get a goalie, if they go get a goalie, they'll be a good team. But I just, I don't know. I worry about them for that. I think, I think the play, um, and if you disagree, maybe say what you think they should do. I mm -hmm. think they should go after like a Semyon Varlamov. Yeah. If the Islanders are willing to tangle. I think that works for both teams. Varlamov comes in at the exact same cap as Leonard. You don't have to get rid of anybody, so you can trade picks or whatever. The Islanders drop some cap um, to sign their guys because they've got a few guys that are still RFA, and they're probably they probably got Kadri in the drawer right now. Yeah. And then um, what else does that do for the Islanders? Oh, that allows them to kind of just give the net to Sorokin. Not that it doesn't belong to him now, but like. Yeah just really put him into that number one role. Cause Strogan's a top five goal in the league, I think. Yeah. And, but he hasn't really gotten a chance to show it. Cause there's still been a slight tandem going on there. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of goalie replacements for Vegas, I definitely think that the three you mentioned are the three best options for them um, at varying levels. Gibson is the Vegas option. Yeah. Um, Varlamov is probably the most logical option. And then Reimer is probably the safe option. Yeah. Um, you go there and you probably don't have to do too many assets to get them. And you just hope you get a big year from Logan Thompson and splitting time with Reimer. So I, I like all three situations. If I were them, I would probably go James Reimer. I would go the safe route. Yeah. And just see what you've got this year. Because I think it's still going to be a mixed bag. But We also just mentioned how Nick Hag was listed on IR. And he's, he also had, he's RFA. So he's probably going to cost a couple million. So if you go yeah. Reimer, then you have a couple extra million dollars left over from that mm -hmm. Leonard space to sign him. Yeah, um, I, I don't think you go out and throw or like try to get another big contract. Like try to get this. Under this is Vegas we're talking about. 
I know it's not. I, in want, it, I want it to happen so badly. I don't. This team made me hate them in like five years. Oh, it made me hate them in like like two and a half. I think I liked them up until like a a year, year and a half ago. I was pissed when they traded Schmidt and then turned around and signed Petrangelo. I did not like that. That's when I really soured on them. And that was two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would, that would have been summer 2020, I think. And so, or it was two seasons ago. I don't know if it was actually in the summer because the calendar's been all messed up. But like trading, uh, trading dad not to keep Riley Smith too or something. Yeah, that was, that was weird. I don't know. And then also keeping Riley Smith and then getting rid of Petretti. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. Their, their decision-making is weird. Um, I want them to get Gibson because I think it's the least favorable of the three, and I think it'd be very funny if they add another blockbuster name to their team and another it's true. arguably bad contract because they've already got a few that are going like to be- then, then they would absolutely just trade Leonard, right? He's gone if that happens. Eventually, like maybe next yeah. year once he's healthy again. Mm. Or because because or then they're running with a flurry Leonard situation again. Yeah, I don't know. You probably send Leonard to like I don't know. Maybe Le- is Leonard and ended up coming Logan Thompson. Like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It'll be interesting. I think the safe bet too is that Vegas just doesn't acquire a goalie. Yeah, I sees what like, they I have. Don't, I don't think they can go too the long there, but they're going to be looking to make the playoffs. And yeah, I don't think they're going to be content with that. No, I don't think so either. But a uh, little something, something to chew on for the rest of the offseason, who Vegas yeah. goes after uh, in net. Um, as for other rumors, uh, a tweet was put out today by Brent Wallace. Um, this was brought my attention earlier today by, well, my fellow co-host, Ryan Heinemann. Um, a report was put out that uh, apparently Chikrin is, Ch- Jacob Chikrin is still very much on the block. What was the exact tweet? Let me go find the exact tweet. It should be yeah, very recent. I can find it if you Here want. Here it is. I got it. Okay. Uh, from Brent Wallace. I'm told the Sens remain in pursuit of Jacob Chikrin. There have been talks this week. The ask remains two first-rounders and a high-end prospect, and that would include Arizona taking Zaitsev. Or it, plus Arizona would also take Zaitsev. So it wouldn't necessarily be the two firsts top prospect and Zaitsev it might be an extra asset to take Zaitsev but you, you want to hear the latest tweet from Sean Simpson and take it with a grain of salt because it's Sean Simpson yes uh literally 20 seconds ago oh, Arizona wow. Arizona ask on Chikrin was huge at the deadline no deal huge at the draft no deal sure other teams are interested but everyone knows Ottawa wants the player and the player would prefer the Sens but Ottawa should be offering nothing more than a top D prospect at first and a second. A top, a top D prospect at first and a second? Yeah. I would do, like, take your pick between, like, last Thompson, Jacob Bernard, Docker. I don't care. Take one. Yeah. Take the 2023 first, make it top 10, top five protected, yeah. and my 2024 second, and that's your deal. And then maybe throw in an extra asset to take Zaitsev. Yeah, I would do I would do so many assets. I know. But like they seem so hung up on major assets and that's the problem. Like I get the vibe that Ottawa doesn't want to trade anything like Greg and under. 
or sorry, Greg and up in terms of value. Who's okay. Are you talking? So when you're talking about Greg and up, are you referring to prospects or just anything in the organization? Just anything in the organization. I know that's like a broad concept. Cause Greg, Greg's probably like the ninth, 10th. He's probably a top 10 value asset in the organization right now. Yeah. So you're basically saying, cause he's their easily their top prospects. Yeah. I don't okay, think so, Sanderson's a prospect anymore. Yeah. I'm essentially saying their core and we can name it out like Kachuk, Norris, Stutzla, Debrinket, um, who am I missing? Batherson. Batherson. Um, Shabbat, Shabbat, Sanderson. Sanderson. And that's like essentially it. And then Greg. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It'd be an interesting. I think I would trade anything outside of those names. Sorry, I got something going on in the background. Um, so yeah, I sorry. What did you say? I was a bit distracted there. Yeah, it's all good. I, I was just saying that I I think I would trade anybody outside of those four names we just mentioned and like Greg as a prospect. Okay. If we're considering Sanderson not a prospect anymore, their prospect and, pool has thinned out so much. Yeah. In the past couple of years, though. Yeah. Like beyond, I would, I would still empty it in heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, but that's the other thing too is that Arizona has so many assets. Yeah. Like, are they really looking for quantity right now? I don't. I don't that's think so. Yeah. So the, the reported ask of two firsts and a top prospect. They're not getting that. They're not getting that. No. Not from Ottawa, anyways. Especially after a down year. Like, Shikran yeah. did not have a good year. Um, and I don't think there's a lot of teams in on him. Like, yeah. the teams that were in on him during the season, like your Carolina, I think Columbus was in there. I don't know if, like, do you know of any other teams? I think. That's, I, I was even saying this before we started. I I can't remember if any other teams no. really being linked to him. I think LA was in there. Yeah. I think Los Angeles was in there but like i like i didn't even hear of any offers i think those were just people throwing teams that would make sense i think anaheim was in there too but like auto has been the only team i've heard consistent rumors about and maybe it's just i haven't heard any teams this offseason though yeah like since the season ended since the draft like i haven't seen any rumors and again like that's probably a big sense bias with our our twitter feeds but still yeah, this this news today was probably the first thing I've seen in over a month. On it, so. Yeah, um, so I don't know. It seems it seems especially so that was actually a good point I think from Sean Simpson saying high ask at the deadline didn't get it high ask at the draft didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Once you start to get through like those major NHL calendar events without trades happening, you know you're asking for too much. I think it's it's kind of funny because this kind of mirrors the Eric Carlson situation, right? Yeah. There's massive ask at the deadline. Yeah. Like he was going to go to Vegas, but it didn't happen. Right. And then the draft, I think it was Dallas and they didn't want to give up Heiskanen. Yeah. So they didn't do it. And then it happened right before training camp. Ottawa asked for Heiskanen for Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Good thing Dallas didn't. Can you imagine? Yeah, that was the that was the hang up on a Dallas trade. I remember it was so. I think I remember that too, actually. Yeah, but I like that's just like in the back of my brain. Damn, that would have been nuts. Um, and then obviously Ottawa ended up taking quantity over quality, and then that quantity ended up turning into quality, and so yeah, they obviously won that trade. So I don't know. There's no guarantee that happens. Like I think 
as Ottawa fans, we recognize that that trade turned out a little lucky. Oh, um, it was and, extremely lucky. No one saw, everyone thought that yeah. that first round that they got for Carlson was going to be bottom six in the draft, bottom seven. Yeah. And that Josh Norris was probably going to be a middle six center. Yeah. Yeah. Not a 40 goal scorer. Yeah. But yeah. It's in, it's uh that's an interesting comparison. Um, I don't know. I want to see a, a chicken deal get done. Um, you see, I'm pretty sure he's like an Ottawa boy, even though he's American. Yeah. Like he just seems like, I think he's, might have yeah. grown up in I, Ottawa. His family has his family in Ottawa. So yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I remember seeing pictures on social media a few months ago. He was in Armprior, which is a small town in the Ottawa Valley. Yeah. So it was just clearly he has a connection to the to the community. And this is now the second time I've seen an Ottawa related reporter say that he has interest in coming to the Sens. And I don't know how biased or how accurate that really is but yeah. i don't know i don't know i i could believe it it's an exciting yeah. time for the sense like there's probably guys out there that want to be a part of it especially when mm -hmm. your alternative is playing for the coyotes next year so yeah for sure um but anyway any more on chikrin any more opinions on jacob chikrin nope i think that's it but i do right. i do want to see him traded no matter what i know me too i want him out of there i need him in a different location yeah it'd be uh I don't know. I just keep trying to think of teams and I just, I can't think of any teams that would like maybe if Columbus wanted to send it, I don't know. they already kind of have. And I'm, I think they just had to trade Bjorkstrand for a, like a third. Yeah. That's third a good a fourth. Point. So they're up against the cap. Like, I don't think they can, like there's a ton of teams out there that just can't. What about the devils? No, they just, they just traded for Marina. Yeah. Like they're they're, all these teams have already transitioned. Yeah. I, like there's not many teams out there that are still looking for a guy. And, and I, I went and got yeah. Klingberg. Like, and I think this is why maybe the Sens and Chikrin are being matched so often is because like Ottawa is one of the last teams at the table looking for a defenseman. And and Chikrin's still one of the few top like the top guys out there. It could also be why a, a deal hasn't gotten done yet, too, because Ottawa yeah. probably sees that they're they're the only dance partner left for Arizona to try to get a chicken deal done. And they're like, we're not giving you this much. Like, there's no bidding war happening here. Yeah. Like, sorry. But anyway. Um, all right. So we had a provocative Instagram post sent into the group chat a couple days ago. Forget if it was you or Jack who sent it in. Um, uh, it was basically comparing Kale McCarr to Eric Carlson. Um, and so we've got about nine minutes left on this pod. So we might as well have this debate because you could kind of tell there was some uh, disagreements in the, in, the, in the group chat when we talked about it briefly. Unfortunately, Jack's not on today, so we don't get his take on this because usually debates are um, – usually he's the one with a differing point of view. But basically, what was the – do you know what the exact post was saying? Is it saying that Makar is already better than Prime Eric Carlson? No, so the, the original whole debate was posing a question. It was, will Kel McCarr ever reach the individual level of prime Eric Carlson? Okay. And we were having debates about in whether he's there right now. Yeah. Not whether. And we, that's where we kind of shifted it. Okay, so let's, let's, let's take it that direction. Let's talk about whether or not we think McCarr is already there. Mm -hmm. so what do you want to go first 
Um, sure. Okay. I, I personally don't think he's there yet. It's just like, he's what, 23, right? Yeah. 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 Um, like Eric Carlson in his 22 year had, I think 80 or just under like point per game or just above, I think something like that. Like the first year he won his Norris or his first Norris trophy in 11, 12, um, his 22 year. It's 78 points, 19 goals. Yeah. Um, so in, see, they're, they're kind of comparable in that sense because in, in now Makar's 23 years, he put up what, 86 points, I think. Yes. Um, so in that sense, they're, they're at very similar stages of their career. Now, Eric Carlson didn't keep up that production for um, his entire career. I think he only really had one more season that was better than that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how consistent Makar stays. And, and I think most people project him to stay kind of at this level. So if he does, then I think it's a slam dunk that he's overall better than prime Eric Carlson. But at this time, I think there's just a little bit too much, un, maybe not uncertainty, because that sounds stupid. Like, we know how good he is. Yeah. Um, I think just maybe the legacy of Eric Carlson is a little bit burnt in my brain. Um, especially as a sense fan and maybe right. I'm biased in that sense, but I just, yeah, I don't know. It's such a cool conversation to have because I do think his level of dynamics is, is higher than Carlson's. Uh, it's, it's a cool conversation to have because Eric Carlson was the first real elite, elite, elite offensive defenseman we had in a long time. Mm. Unless I'm forgetting someone, I, I like, he was very, offense first defense second like yeah full-fledged jump in the rush make the big play sacrifice like a potential play going the other way for the other team kind of thing however i think mccarr has already surpassed carlson i don't think it's that close Mm -hmm. um like so there was a bit of a scoring bump this year but I think a huge aspect, we actually talked about that on a pod recently, or not recently, yeah. one of our original, one of our probably first 10 pods, we talked about the scoring increase. I think a big reason for that increase is how much more offensively involved defensemen are. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that weighs in favor of Makar. But if you factor in the aspect that all these guys that are sort of changing the way we look at defensemen, Eric Carlson was the pioneer in terms of 21st century. He was the first to come along and put up near a point per game. He won his two Norrises, but there wasn't really anyone else doing it. So he was kind of a unicorn in that sense at the time. Now we've got so many guys doing this. Roman Yossi just put up 96 points. Kale McCarr just put up 28 goals and 86 points. Like, there's so many guys that Quinn Hughes is doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, what are some other names? Like, I'm blanking. This is bad that I'm blanking, but I'm blanking. Chris Letang's been doing it forever. He's more in Eric Carlson's um, age group, though, so that's not a great one to bring up. But, like, my point is is that Rasmus Dahlin, he was supposed to be, like, a, a massively great offensive defenseman. He's not there yet, but he could yeah. get there. Um, and 
Makar is so far head and shoulders above these guys. Yeah. That I just think it's it's more impressive that Makar is able to do that, given the fact that it's almost expected of defensemen to be able to carry the puck and mm-hmm. run an off run a run a power play and you know like be great in transition and also get back and play D. And yeah. I don't know. I just think um, Bowen Byram's another one. Like there's so many good young defensemen that have such good puck skills and are so offensively gifted while also not giving it back on the other end, which I would argue Eric Carlson did for a lot of his career with Ottawa. That's, uh, that's, that's a really good point right there. Like I'm, I'm very confident in saying that McCarr is already miles better than Carlson was defensively. Yeah, sure. so that's the, that's my big thing is that Carl like McCarr doesn't give it back on the other end like he yeah. like he's just he's not just as good but he's mm-hmm. he's still an elite defenseman yeah. but he's like a generational offensive defenseman and mm-hmm. so not to mention McCarr has already surpassed Carlson's um, career high goals and points total in a season he just won a constant yeah. and a cup um, I don't know like. He's 23. He's going to be, when's he going to be 24? October 30th. So the season will have just started. He's going to be going into his age 24 season. Um, he's, he's at a point per game. He's at 180 points in 178 games. Like I don't really envision him dropping under a point per game unless he has yeah. a year in the next let, like six years. Let me be clear too. I'm not saying like I haven't seen enough. I I'm very confident that he will end his career being one of the best defensemen that's played the game. Yeah. I'm confident in that. Um, I think I'm just looking at it more of like a legacy standpoint when it probably should be a peak standpoint, which is kind of what we're doing. And I think I lost sight of that a little bit, but I think Con Smythe, Norris Trophy, Stanley cup over a point per game and almost 30 goals all in the same year. Yeah. It's for me, McCars, if this is McCars peak, which I still don't think it is. If this is McCars peak, I think it's above Eric Carlson's. The last thing I want to bring up is, do you think that quality of talent around them is a valid, valid argument? Those sense teams were good, dude. Well, in in Eric Carlson's 11-12 year, which was like his... That, maybe not that year, but... His most frequent partner was Philip Kuba. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to hear the other defensemen on that list? It's yeah. just incredible that he had that great of a year. Like, Philip Kuba, Sergey Gontar, sure... Jared Cowan, Matt Gilroy, Chris nice. Phillips, Matt Karkner, and okay. Mark Borowiecki played two games. What did what did Ottawa do in uh, 15-16? He was exactly a point a game, 82 and 82. Yeah. Is, and I don't think that, he won the North that year. I think that was Doughty. No, that was – I'm pretty sure he won it 15-16, and then he lost it to Doughty. Okay. The next year or the year before? Do you know what Ottawa did 15-16? Um, well i i don't know the next year is when they got uh, lost to pittsburgh in the ecf and so we don't have a ton of time here like yeah. at all i i just know that eric carlson's most frequent partner in that year was mark Mathot, and yeah. um those were good teams and mccarr's most frequent partner this year was Taves. Taves. Yeah. yeah so there is that argument i think i guess as well and like you could argue like eric carlson was gonna win a con smythe if ottawa won another round yeah he, he got the votes and he didn't even yeah. get to the finals, which was yeah. crazy. So there's some aspects of comparison, but I personally wouldn't going to side with McCarr here. 
um especially yeah. when you're projecting like i think it's not even going to be close eventually but as yeah. of right now i'm still taking the car side but there's definitely arguments both ways absolutely and that's why it's a fun debate to have you can yeah. take it so many different ways all right we're pushing it here how what else do we got we don't got anything else to talk about no, that's we, gotta, it. we gotta we gotta hit the outro <laughs> yeah hit it all right there it is